0: Hello and welcome to Smash Hit Sports, I'm your host Cody, and we are right in the thick of bowl season. We had last weekend, a great weekend for bowl games. Uh, we had a great weekend of college basketball as well, which we'll touch on at the end. It's crazy. Um, a lot of coaches being hired and fired. The transfer portal has gone crazy. Nick, it feels very NBA off season. Am I wrong in saying that?
1: Uh, with the transfer portal yeah, and, and just, yeah, I mean... I feel like it's getting a bit out of hand. Um, I, I was kind of like teetering the line between I like the transfer portal because it's fun and who cares about, you know, like making sure like logic is in play and all that. But then like Malachi Nelson announced he's transferring. Crazy. Because USC was like, well, let's go get this senior from Kansas State to start this year. And I, t- I completely get why Malachi Nelson's like, well, this should be my job. This is why I committed here in the first place because you told me that I was going to be starting by my sophomore year as a five-star. And they're like, well, no. And so for me, that's like over the top. I hate now. I don't like that at all. So now I'm like, I'm not sure how I, uh, how I feel about it. But yeah, I would say it definitely feels like free agency to a full extent.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, before we get into that, uh, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. It's the best way to help the show, and it is completely free. Um, that being said, the bowl games, first weekend recap, right? We're recording this on Monday, right in the middle of the Old Dominion Western Kentucky game. We'll see how that game progresses as we get through the show. Uh, that being said, the group of five still like really gives a shit about these bowl games. Like yeah. the, the Ohio Georgia Southern game, like there were a lot of really good bowls Saturday that like the Jacksonville state, there were, there were so many good football games. Like I was hyped for it.
1: Oh yeah. Jacksonville state, Louisiana was it, it, that could end up being the game of the bowl season. That was unbelievable because Jacksonville state threw or they, they had like five turnovers and three of them were returned for a touchdown. And it went into double overtime, and it was just like back and forth. Uh, and of course, they wanted it because, uh, like, they probably weren't going to be in a bowl game. Uh, so it was just that was really cool to watch. Of course, I was like quad boxing mm-hmm. uh, or like double boxing, whatever, with the Miami Ohio App State game, which was the complete inverse. Yeah, it was just like like it was rain. It was piss poor raining. Um I think there was a fumble on every drive, probably. It was just disgusting.
0: Dude, uh, so we'll jump to that one. That game was insane. The final score, 13-9, to App State with the win over Miami of Ohio. Here, here's the turnovers in that game. There were 10 total fumbles. Five of them lost, so five of them actually resulted in a, in a turnover. But there were 10 times that the ball hit the fucking ground. One interception—
1: I think it might have been more. I swear the broadcast, like, I think there were a couple, like, mini fumbles where it was, like, right before you went down, he dropped it. Like, yeah. I think it was, like, 13 or 14 fumbles.
0: Yeah. So, but there's yeah, those yeah. 10, 5 lost, 1 interception, and then the teams were also a combined 1 for 4 on 4th down. Yeah. So, this was the most turnover-filled game, all in all, between the the 5 lost fumbles, 1 interception, 3 turnovers on downs... Just absolute anarchy um, it, it, in terms of I've offense. I had
1: a thought during that game that if either of these teams were playing, like Iowa, for instance, I think the game would go 0 0 forever. Like, I genuinely yeah, I just... don't know if there would have ever been a score. Um, just because, I mean, it was the weather was truly terrible. Like, you saw wide receivers, you know, with gloves on, dropping mm-hmm. balls that are like floated to them. Um, and like, you know, we'll, we'll get to how Cody and I did, uh, in the first seven games, uh, Cody did very well. Uh, I did not. And I, I really think that a couple of them, especially like Miami, Ohio, I can't really look at myself and say, damn, Nick, you're such an idiot for picking Miami, Ohio, because you know, that really was a nonsense football game that just didn't go my way. Um, but then I will say Boise state, I had never been more confident, uh, and, and they lost. So yeah. they lost by double digits. So I was wrong about that. Truly,
0: Yeah. It's definitely different from being wrong than like, just the ball didn't bounce your way. That's what happened with this game. Ball bounced everywhere. App state had the only touchdown in the game. App state won like pretty, yeah. it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. Um, the Ohio game, Ohio, Georgia Southern first bowl game of the year, the, the, uh, Myrtle beach bowl. Ohio's true freshman running back because their first two or three guys entered the transfer portal, Ricky Hunt, 23 carries, 134 yards, four touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. Five total touchdowns for this kid. Ties a bowl record, which is like the most in any bowl game. Wow. What, What a weapon. And get this, the kid only played two games plus the bowl game. So technically this is a red shirt year for him uh, and he still has four years of eligibility. <laughs> Crazy. Now, hopefully, he
1: doesn't, hopefully he doesn't like transfer, uh, after this performance. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, last episode this was the first game we covered and I said, this is the only game I changed and I changed from Ohio to Georgia Southern. So I just had like a bad taste in my mouth throughout all of full Saturday. Cause I was like, God damn it. Why did I change that? Um, my thing is like Ohio was not great against the run mm-hmm. uh, during like matching. Georgia Southern had ten total rushing yards throughout the entire game, which is insane. They had like yeah, eighteen carries for ten yards or something like that. Um, so just a pitiful display of of rushing from Georgia Southern. That when you, I mean, when Ohio knows that all they have to do is just defend the uh, the pass. Georgia Southern's quarterback wasn't really good enough to to win that game. So,
0: yeah, they ended up 21 carries for 33 yards, uh, 1.6 yards per rush. Yeah, oh, they
1: ended up with 33 yards. Yeah,
0: it's just that's just abysmal, though. It's so bad. Um, But yeah, Ohio, that was a hell of a game, Um, especially without O'Rourke, who you know is transferring. We'll talk about him in that the transfer section briefly, but. yeah. And then so the Jacksonville State winning it overtime, they turned the ball over four times, three of them being returned for a touchdown is absolutely insane. When you look at the box score of that game, like Jacksonville State dominated in every facet of the game. Like they had 32 first downs, Louisiana had 14. Like they it, they had five hundred and twenty-six total yards, Louisiana had two forty-seven. Yeah. But the turnovers made this game go into overtime is insane.
1: Yeah. And it, it's strictly because of the, uh, the fact that these turnovers were resulting in touchdowns, like, like just pick sixes, fumble recoveries, you know, for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville state, that would have been one of the unluckiest losses ever if they hadn't pulled through, but luckily they did considering we both picked them as well. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely happy for Jacksonville state. Like they celebrated on the field. They were partying. Um, yep. Like like you said, the, the group of five, you know, they, they care. These bowl games still matter. And I think even when we go into the 12-team playoff, you're going to see that it's still going to matter to these teams. Um, you know, and I think that has to say that, like, I think part of the reason why it was starting to not matter is we had so many bowl games, it's going to diminish a little bit. And so every bowl is a little bit more important. When there's only like 35 bowls rather than the forty-three that we have this year.
0: Yep. I, I agree. Um last bowl game, the I, I believe it was the last bowl game to kick off on the on Saturday. Uh Texas Tech and Cal. Um Baron Morton, who he started at times when Tyler Shaw was hurt this year, and then Tyler mm-hmm. Shaw transferred. I believe he's transferring to Louisville, which is I think so. Kind of crazy. Um yeah. Especially considering, like, I don't think this is the only quarterback that Louisville is going to try to get in the transfer portal. Um, right. But yeah, they won 34 to 14 over Cal. Um, that was a pretty dominant, like, Joey Maguire, that was him putting his nuts on the table and being like, hey, yeah, I'm still a good coach.
1: It was a weird game, too, because uh, Cal, like, first play scored. Yeah. Um, and then I think they might have been up 14 nothing at one point. Uh, and so you know it was it was the late game, so I don't think I was necessarily like locked into it. But I was feeling pretty good about me having you know Cal money line and all that, and just did not work out in my favor at all. Uh, there were two other games um, that we didn't really cover. The Fresno State dominated New Mexico State. Yep. Um, I don't know where'd you go on that. Is that the one you got wrong? That was you...
0: that was the one I got That's wrong. I New Mexico State. Wrong? That one was like a. It was never in doubt. Like I, I never had a chance. Fresno State yeah, got no, up State early, and, and, and I was done.
1: And yeah, they, they were like, "This is Mountain West football, baby." But uh, yep. And then Florida a and versus yeah. Howard, which, you know, was not great football. Wasn't a super fun watch, but it was a close game. Yeah. So, um, I, I tuned in a little bit there. Um, again, neither of us knew anything about those two teams, so yeah. it was cool we both ended up getting it right, but uh, 97% of people picked Florida A&M in the ESPN.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Which is nuts. And
1: they covered the spread by 0.5. So like all the people that took a risk to pick Howard were so close to being right, but end up just getting pummeled because 97% of the people just got, you know, a boost over you. Yep. So that sucks. If you picked Howard, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it was a Pretty exciting start. And we have an exciting game going on right now, Old Dominion-Western Kentucky. Old Dominion's kind of choking as we speak. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited to keep going with bowl season. But wh- what do you say we move on to, like, talking to coaches? Cause...
0: Well, let's uh, – we can't just – there's a whole section on the show sheet, Nick, between the bowl games and the coaching moves. It's the pick update. up um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So – um we we have the pick going on i think it's a little too late to join but it is what it is um we have like over a hundred people in this pick which is yeah, very amazing. very cool um so Great. if you have joined thank you uh we appreciate you there are three people in the pick that are seven and oh undefeated um they are the Geo Ramo Corona 890 and Max with three 100 signs. So I right, yeah. shout out to y'all. Um, out to y'all. Props to. Yeah. Props to those three people. That being said, yeah. we're still early, right? Like we said, 43 bowl games. We're just seven in. So yeah. we're, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I am currently sitting at fourth at six and one. Um, Nick, you are, what is that? Tied at 93rd. I, like
1: I said, Cody, not a great start for me. Hey. Three and four. I was riding such a hot streak going into it. Yeah. I think there was just too big of a break, you know? Like, I. Uh,
0: you got out of rhythm.
1: I got out of rhythm. It's like when yep. you get the first round bye in, and, and like, the NFL or MLB and, and you're just out of rhythm. You, you let people catch up. But a uh, little bit disappointing. Uh, but these are, like, the games that were played aside from Boise State, none of them
0: yeah like, I, not I high co- these aren't high confidence anywhere picks. Yeah.
1: yeah i definitely was like i would have put my nuts on the table for boise state so that really disappointed me uh but i mean there are tons more games that i actually have like a knowledge bank uh and and logic towards my pick rather than tossing out like a yolo for georgia southern over ohio yeah.
0: that's fair that's fair um that being said we got a bunch of bowl games coming up this weekend um I'll let you pick first, but what is your favorite bowl game from, you know, this week?
1: Uh, Like upcoming. Yeah. upcoming. uh, My favorite bowl game that like the one I'm definitely going to watch is JMU Air Force. Um, Just because like we saw it with Jacksonville State and how much it meant to them. Yeah. Uh, Like I really think that JMU, you know, party on campus if they win, like it's just going to be like scenes. Um, and, And again, Air Force was, a pretty good team throughout the season, but I do think this is a very winnable game for JMU Um, spreads pretty close. So I'm definitely, yeah, that's, that's my pick. Very excited for that.
0: Yeah. There are two that I'm kind of torn between. Um, The first one is probably, you know what? I'll make the first one. My, my pick is the game that I'm most excited to watch Georgia tech UCF. I think this game is going to have fireworks. I think it is going to be points all over the place. Uh, the total is currently set at 67. I took the over back when it was wow. 64 and a half. Um, nice. But yeah, there are going to be points all over the bowl, all over the board here for the Gasparilla Bowl. And standalone game, Friday night, 630 kickoff. Like, yeah, that that should be great. Um, the other one I'm super excited for, Utah Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. Should be a, a really good game, actually. Um, I'm pretty excited so. for that.
1: I I don't know if I believe it's going to be a good game. Um, I I do really like Utah in that, but I hope so. Also, breaking news that I just saw: uh, the Dylan Riolà flip to Nebraska has been confirmed.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. That's, yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about this real quick. Yeah. Dylan Riolà going to Nebraska. This is going to sound really dumb because I don't like. There are 133 FBS programs in college football. One guy going to one school does not impact the, you know, re- the the realm of the sport. However, this is good for college football. Oh, yeah. This is good for college football. And you want to know why? Because we, for, for a long time, I'm going to say like 2010 era. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it after that weird ass 2007 season. That's where I'm going to put the the mark in the sand. After that point, we got into a really weird period of college football where the same teams just continued to get the five-star recruits. And then there was no
1: talent disparity.
0: There was no talent disparity. It's why we've seen Alabama win so many national championships. It's why we've seen Georgia win two in a row. It's why we've seen Clemson win a couple national championships because they've continued to get these five-star guys over and over and over again. And I don't blame them. But here's the problem with that how many phenomenal quarterbacks or like there are national championship winning quarterbacks at Alabama that I couldn't tell you their name. I, I, I just could not tell you their name. And the reason being is, is because as soon as you leave, guess what? You are replaced immediately. You know where you're not going to be replaced is a school like Nebraska. You are going to go there. If you take Nebraska to a fucking Rose Bowl, I'm not even, or, you know, a 12-team college football playoff, whatever. You're a fucking legend. You're a legend at that school. Mm -hmm. I would, and obviously, this is me sitting on my ass in a chair with a microphone. But if I had to pick, if I had the option of being able to be a stud somewhere, or, you know, a great somewhere that continually has a lot of greats, let me do it somewhere unique. Let me do it somewhere cool. You know what I mean? I mean, like Raiola would just be the next quarterback up at Georgia, but now he might be the dude at Nebraska, which would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Georgia is like right now, what we saw from Alabama for a long time, right? Like Georgia is just, they have so much talent that with Carson Beck coming back and, you know, a lot of quarterbacks on that roster, Raiola sitting there, like, I don't know, maybe it might be, I might be a redshirt sophomore by the time I get a chance to start, kind of like Carson Beck. Mm -hmm. Um, in Nebraska, he's probably going to start off the bat, right? Because <sighs> Jeff Sims – well, Jeff Sims was terrible, and he's gone, right? Like, did they get If a, if, a transfer in?
0: I haven't seen one yet, but if I – am they were I'm, saying
1: Kyle McCord was looking there, but then – If I'm him, I
0: – if I'm Rule, I still try to get one guy. You know what I mean? I doubt – I honestly – You don't want to God. start a true freshman.
1: He'll get I – mean, he'll get murdered. Well, Trevor Lawrence was a true freshman. He didn't get murdered.
0: But tr- did Trevor and, Lawrence start as a true freshman? We n- he, no, it was Kelly Bryant.
1: Well, not at the very beginning. Faith. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I would I would but rather Clemson, have.
1: That was because Clemson had Kelly yeah. Bryant. Like if Trevor Lawrence started, because uh, like he came in on that Texas A&M game and uh, immediately lit up like yeah. college football, and that was the second week of the season. He just didn't play much that first game against. Whoever the Citadel or whoever it was, yeah, you know, who cares? But I mean, I my point is that the, the talent disparity that you're speaking of, I've been preaching that that was the biggest problem that college football had for a long time is that there just weren't enough teams that could compete with the big dogs. It was yep. like five or six teams, and then the rest were playing each other, but you weren't playing against these five or six teams now. And, like, that, that's kind of why in, like, 2018, I'm like, we need to have a 12-team playoff because the 12-team playoff, like, unconsciously and without even trying to, will improve talent disparity just because of what you're saying. If Dylan Riola as a sophomore, takes Nebraska to the second round of the college football playoff, like, what is that going to do to Nebraska's yeah. brand of football? That is going to be fantastic for them. They're, they're recruiting – you know, the booster money is going to be coming in because that fan base is great. Like, the recruiting trail is going to be better for them. Yeah. It's just better for the sport, all in all. So, I think that's the perfect move at the perfect time with the 12 teams starting next year. Very excited. I wanted him to commit there off the bat. Uh, before yeah. He committed to Georgia. He didn't. I was disappointed. So, that's awesome. I'm very happy.
0: Yeah. I'm very, very hyped for that as well. Um, before we get into the coaching moves, I just want to give a shout out into the AM, the most comfortable. They have graphic tees, regular tees, this polo that I'm rocking. Um I'll put the link in the description if you want to get one, but uh these these tees are top tier. Top tier, absolutely outstanding. But let's move on to the coaching ranks, okay? I'm going to I'm going to name off a list of guys who have been hired, right? We'll we'll talk about them um and then we'll rank our top 5 coaching hires from this cycle. Um, Mike Elko to Texas A&M and Jonathan Smith to Michigan state. We've already talked about, Um, you know, go back into the archives. If you want to listen to that, Uh, Jeff Lebby to Mississippi state is, is a good hire. He was Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. Um, Fran Brown, who was, I believe Georgia's secondary coach Mm -hmm. um, was hired as the head man at Syracuse, Kurt Signetti, who is, or was James Madison's head coach is going to Indiana. Manny Diaz, Penn State's defensive coordinator, headed to Duke. Willie Fritz to Houston. Um, Willie Fritz was Tulane's head coach. John Summerall, or, yeah. And then John Summerall replaces Willie Fritz at Tulane. And then Jared Parker replaces John Summerall at Troy. Uh, Jared Parker is Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. So, um, I, I guess let's kind of talk about the, the hire that I'm kind of the most interested in. To see is Fran Brown at Agreed. Syracuse. Agree, hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. I was gonna say the same thing.
0: Cause he gave like he gave a really impassioned press conference when he got hired on. Like hey, like he wants to be at Syracuse. I'm not sure if he's like an alum or kind of how that fell in, or if he's from you know the New York area. But he gave a really impassioned like speech about like why he wanted to be at Syracuse, and like he's like, hey, if I'm, I'll I'll be here as long as you'll have me. And then you partner that up with the fact that um, Kyle McCord is now transferring to Syracuse. Syracuse could be interesting in the ACC next year. Like, now, real interesting. It.
1: Think about this, Cody, because Fran Brown was the Georgia's secondary coach, KJ Bolden, who was Georgia's like five-star safety recruit from this last cycle, yep. just took a visit to Syracuse and is rumored to maybe be flipping to Syracuse, which that would, would be, be... insane.
0: That would be insane because he is uh-huh. an unbelievable – he's like one of those five-star-plus, like, yeah, nine, like 99.98 rating. Yeah,
1: yeah. you never expect him to go to Syracuse. But, like, this is – the ACC is getting a bunch of these transfers, a bunch of new coaches in the ACC. It's going to be really interesting. Like, if, if KJ Bolden does make that flip, um, you know, we have Grace McCall at NC State now, Tyler Shove at uh, Louisville. Yep. Um, McCord at Syracuse, like Max Johnson at UNC yep, there's probably more I'm blanking on too, but uh, Miami might be getting a quarterback, Cam Ward's still on the table. Um, yeah, it's it's good for the ACC. They kind of need it because you know obviously everyone wants them to disband right now, so it's kind of now or never for them to show their their powers. Um, yeah, I think Fran Brown, I, I'm expecting Syracuse to be pretty good. yep, I, I like that hire a lot.
0: Yep. Um, I also like the the Danny Miaz. The Manny Diaz hire at Duke, I think it's a pretty good hire. Um, He was a great defensive coordinator at Penn State, so we'll see how that ends up. Um,
1: That's the old Miami head coach, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, he wasn't great there, but I guess that's a different scenario. I don't know. I
0: I think he almost has better tools to succeed at Duke than Miami. And that might be... I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I just don't feel great about the Miami State of Miami football program right now. Um, the the Signetti hire Signetti to Indiana hire I found pretty interesting. They fired Tom Allen, um, who had a fifteen and a half million dollar buyout, which was pretty. Yeah, that's a, Indiana, that's a that's a yeah, sure. it's a lot of money. Um, but I think he'll be pretty successful. But like, what is successful at Indiana? Like, if you if they if Indiana was to make a bowl game like every three years. Like that's a lifetime contract, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting because uh, what, like Jordan McLeod, the JMU quarterback, I think is transferring he, to Indiana. He's
0: in the portal. I don't know where he'll end up.
1: i I would be so surprised if it's not Indiana. Um, and like a bunch of other JMU guys, are probably going to be following Signetti because Signetti is the type of guy that is very like family culture with the yeah. his players and whatnot. Uh, I mean, he's a great coach. He has completely put jmu on the map um it's just it feels strange because indiana is just such a pitiful team that needs direction so bad but also needs talent so it's like is this going to be a really long-term process how long does signetti last are we going to see an immediate turnaround somehow i don't know we're we're gonna have to look at the offseason for indiana for sure
0: yeah and indiana's schedule like the big 10 schedule is just it's going to be crazy next year. Like, they're yeah, going, going to be, be even
1: harder. Well, it wasn't hard this past year, per se, yeah. but it should be hard next year, yes.
0: Yep. Um. And then the other, like, conglomerate of hires, Willie Fritz to Houston, leaving the Tulane job open, and then John Summerall to Tulane. I think both of those are, like, close to home run hires
1: yeah they're a they're a plus in my opinion yeah
0: yeah Willie Fritz Houston I think is an outstanding hire he's just such a good coach he's been outstanding at at Tulane like to beat USC last year um in their bowl game and then to all like they were within a touchdown of Ole Miss this year and Ole Miss was yeah. a top 10 top 15 team like that's mm-hmm. so that's an outstanding hire but I also like Summerall to Tulane John Summerall was so good at Troy yeah, so that like was
1: 25 a... and 4, record at Troy. Yeah. Like Troy was Troy was balling out. Um I love that hire for Tulane. Tulane should continue to be good um, yep. you know in the future here. Uh, and then filling that Troy coaching vacancy is Jared Parker, who you know more about than I do, but that kind of feels like less of a home run hire to me. Yeah. Than the
0: other. It's interesting because Parker was he was the like tight ends, offensive line coach, one of those two at Notre Dame before he was promoted internally to the offensive coordinator spot. Um, I didn't realize this. Notre Dame was top 10 in points per game this year. Kind of crazy considering how frustrated I was at times with that offense. Um, But I think the difference of being an offensive coordinator and commanding a roster are two totally different things right like as a a head coach as a totally different job um so i I, truly i have no idea how successful he'll he'll be um yeah i mean he
1: must have like the his interview must have been really good like he must have had uh good new things to say because i mean i I do think that troy has kind of a high standard as far as who they hire especially if they're hiring externally uh, so like I I'm gonna trust it, but like I I know nothing about it. Obviously, okay. you know Gerard Park Gerard Jared Parker better than I do. But uh. yeah. all
0: right, here are my top five coaching hires so far from this cycle. Number one, I think it's Jonathan Smith. He's an outstanding head coach. Oregon State would have been a phenomenal place for him to stay. Unfortunately, with them not having a home next year, I'm giving it to John. Like. He had to go. Um, number two, I think, is Willie Fritz. I really like this hire for Houston. I think it's going to set them up for success long term in the Big Twelve. Number two or number three, I'm going Mike Elko to Texas A&M. Um, love the Elko hire. He was a great defensive coordinator there. It makes sense for him to come back. Um, number four, I'm going to go with John Summerall to Tulane. Um, I, I think that's an outstanding hire. Um, a guy who's had a lot of success in the group of five and then my fifth spot i'm gonna go with fran brown to syracuse i think that's a really good hire for a team in the acc that could separate themselves from the middle of the pack
1: um yeah i like that a lot i i would put mike elko at my number one okay uh just because i mean duke Like, I don't know if Duke's ever gotten a four-star recruit ever in the history of Duke football. Like, literally, Mike Elko's dealing with the hardest, you know, GPA requirement type of uh, system to try to recruit to. And he gets Riley Leonard, who is a three-star guy, and develops him into an NFL draft prospect, who's going to be your starting quarterback next year. He also has a defense that was dominant, uh, at least at the beginning of the year in ACC play, like, I feel like people are looking at Duke's record under Elko and they're like, Oh, they're like a seven win team. But of, like that feels like a win for Duke football. And if you give him Texas A&M's pipeline of recruiting with what, like, he's just a football guy through and through great defensive mind. I, I think that is going to be a mega, mega home run higher. Love it. Um, so that's one. And then kind of like a steep drop, where these are like really good hires, but like, I don't know if I feel uber confident in their successes, but I will say that Jonathan Smith would be my number two. Um, You know, Michigan state is a storied program and to have a head coach that you can kind of put your trust in, which they haven't really had in a while. They like, they kept D'Antonio for far too long uh, and then have Mr. Mel Tucker phone sex, you know, all that drama, Jonathan Smith, Straight-up normal guy, uh, knows what he's doing. An analytical brain should be good for miss uh, Michigan State. I would then go Fran Brown at number three. i I really like to hire. I feel like Georgia has, like I said earlier, become the Alabama in the sense that every coordinator coming out of Georgia that's go- getting jobs, whether it be the NFL and Todd Monkin on the Ravens. Yep. Or you know, defensive coordinators going here, offense coordinators going there. I just think that if you're getting that culture to be your head coach, it's going to do really great things for you. So I love that Fran Brown hire. Uh, I would then put Signetti at number four, just because that feels like a massive win for Indiana. Like that's the best coach they could have gotten. So just in the sense that like, like good for Indiana, I guess. Uh, I feel better for Indiana than I do for like, say, Tulane or something. Um, I would then put Willie Fritz going to Houston. Houston had a pretty tough year this year. They're expected to compete in the Big Twelve, you know, consistently moving forward. If they want to do that, they needed to make a, a home run higher here. And I think Willie Fritz has done enough to prove that he will be that, especially with the Texas pipeline. Um, so yeah, that'll be my fifth.
0: Love it. But Absolutely I like all love it. Yeah. I mean, they do they do a hell of a job. Um there, there isn't like a big, like question mark higher. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not one that like is super puzzling. Um, moving on uh, portal updates. So we talked about it briefly. Malachi Nelson entered the transfer portal. That was the five-star guy for USC who was presumably supposed to take over after Caleb Williams. Um, and the reason he transferred is because Will Howard from Kansas state is now headed to USC. Um, You also brought this up, Riley Leonard to Notre Dame, um, Kyle McCord to Syracuse, Dylan Gabriel to Oregon, which I think we touched on briefly um, when we were talking about the Oklahoma bowl game in the last show, Juice Wells to Ole Miss, who Juice Wells was awesome at South Carolina this year um, as a wide receiver. Um, They got two defensive ends to, to transfer in. They got one from Tennessee, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure where the other one's from. And then Max Johnson to North uh, Carolina, Florida. Florida. Okay. That checks yeah. out. And then uh, Max Johnson to North Carolina, man, these are some crazy. Yeah. It's college football free agency. It's wild.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, literally as we speak right now, Western Kentucky 40 seconds left down seven third and goal. So this is kind of crazy. Like we're, we're watching this live recording college football. Um it's beautiful. doing my best it's season,
0: baby. It's bull season.
1: season. We're, we're multitasking right now, but yeah, we touched, I touched on Malachi Nelson and how I, I hate that. And like the way I put it is what if Trevor Lawrence leaves to go to the draft and five star DJU is looking like he's going to take over, but instead Clemson is like, well, we're just going to go get, you know, some Joe Schmo from like you cincinnati, like cincinnati or something you know or get, just get some random guy um who's probably not even an nfl draft prospect of course DJU would transfer out but like what's the point of even recruiting him in the first place so i don't get it um mm. at all i i hate it uh, i i like riley leonard to notre dame i hope that he can improve a little bit as a passer uh, I don't know what your wide receiver core is going to look like. I, I know you have some transfers. It's 100% out.
0: new. We had guys out. We have guys in. We have Bo okay. Collins from Clemson. Oh, uh, yeah, Bo. Transferred in. Um, a guy from FIU who uh, I think Mitchell might have been his last name, um, who had a really good year so, at FIU. But, like, it's yeah. it's going to be literally a completely new wide like, receiver. It's hard to tell room.
1: right now because that's what I was yeah. thinking. I was like, if Riley Leonard is, you know, not a, a great thrower of the football and doesn't have these great receivers, not sure if that's going to be a hit per se, uh, but I hope it is. McCord to Syracuse under Fran Brown. We already talked about it. Dylan Gabriel to Oregon.
0: it's He's going to hom- be like
1: 24, 25 years old. Uh, but that's so, yeah. a
0: home run. He's going to be so 100% good 100% home
1: run. 100% home run. I do feel bad, though, because Oregon had this, like, you know, four, four-star, like, good quarterback just waiting for his turn and, of course, now he's in the transfer portal because Oregon wasn't going to let him get the chance. He's, like, 22 now, so it's not like he's Malachi Nelson too young. Yeah, He probably deserved a chance, but we'll see where he ends up going. I, I forget his name. Uh, Ole Miss is honestly the story of the transfer portal season. They're They've I mean, got getting some the top two dudes. defensive ends. Um, they they have returning wide receivers that are...
0: Trey Harris is great.
1: Trey Harris is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And then you get Anton Wells. um, And then the number one defensive tackle in the portal is crystal ball to Ole Miss right now, which is nuts. Tavon something. Tavon Walker, maybe? I don't know. Um, It's looking like Ole Miss with a return of Jackson Dart and a bunch of talent. Quinchon Judkins... For all I know, might be returning. I have no idea. Um, oh, that reminds me. Rocket Sanders, the Arkansas running back.
0: He we got to – this is somewhere. on the on the, the transfer out. Yeah. K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, who were the only two decent parts of that Arkansas offense last year, are both transferring out.
1: Rocket Sanders just committed somewhere, though.
0: Uh, he's, he's pretty much I, confirmed to uh, South Carolina. I don't know if it's official-official, but like okay. – It's all but official. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I feel like I saw something earlier today where I was like, whoa, good for South Carolina. Yeah. Um, No idea what – oh, Western Kentucky just scored on fourth and goal. Oh, my God.
0: Holy shit.
1: crazy. Old Dominion just choked so hard.
0: Overtime. Cody. Unless they go for two.
1: This is shams. Maybe they go for two. This would be crazy. All right. Uh, Max Johnson to UNC is the last that we're touching on here. That was actually like the first commitment of the transfer season, I feel yeah. like. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really know what to expect from UNC next year. Um, they should probably get a couple more guys in the transfer portal, but they're losing Cedric Gray. They're probably their best player on defense. They're losing Tez uh, Walker.
0: Who, He'll go to the yeah, draft. Yeah,
1: Walker's leaving. You know, I, I, I'm going to have to do a little more research in the off season about UNC and Max Johnson. But from what I've heard, you know, they're pretty excited about it.
0: Yep. Yeah, it should, should be interesting to watch. Um, there are some big names that are still in the portal, especially from the quarterback standpoint. Um, Dante Moore is probably the biggest, the five-star from UCLA. Um, Cam Ward, uh, who had a, a pretty good year, especially to start at Washington State, but uh, kind of slowed down a little bit. KJ Jefferson we talked about. And then DJU from Oregon State and Malik Murphy from Texas are are both still in the portal. So
1: You know what's crazy about Dante Moore is that as of like two hours ago, the report is that Oregon is the team to beat as far as getting him, which is really, really weird.
0: He would go to sit? That is He would go
1: to sit behind Gabriel and then play. I don't know I don't, yeah. I honestly if this is like Dan Lanning putting witchcraft on people's minds and stuff good for good for Dan Lanning and good for Oregon but that's the report right now um I would hate to see that because yeah. it feels like he's a guy that could start next year for sure. Yep. Um Cam Ward is looking
0: like Miami it, but it I... could be
1: Ohio State but if not Ohio State it's going to be one of those Florida schools, Miami, Florida State. Uh, could be Florida. I don't know.
0: I, I don't see who, I don't know who's going to Ohio state.
1: I don't know either. I yeah, hope but, they didn't
0: prematurely train, like kick out. Cause they, they told Kyle McCord to get the fuck out of there. It is not th- like, Kyle maybe McCord's they not even like,
1: Devin Brown. Maybe they think he's the answer.
0: I guess we'll find out I mean, in the bowl we, game, I guess, but damn.
1: Yeah. We will find out. Yep. Right. And I mean that would be drama, of course, oh, if yeah. Ohio State lands a transfer and Devin Brown's like, well now I'm leaving, because then that would yep. just be an extension of this pattern crazy that we're witnessing cycle
0: of this cycle of the like these on. elite
1: teams that are like, let's go get a transfer, and the guy we recruited that you know was literally sitting and waiting now is just leaving your team. So annoying. This is where like moments like this where I'm actually kind of proud to be a Clemson fan and understand a little bit of Dabo's reluctancy to yeah. enter the portal cuz it, it is getting a little out of hand.
0: Well, um, the thing is like with these transfer quarterbacks, I'm not a fan of the one-year rentals. I can understand if you're going to get a guy and get him for a year or two in your system. LSU with Jaden Daniels and Joe Burrow, like getting a Caleb Williams at USC, like you got him for 2 years, but getting a guy for a one-year rental like if he's not elite right off the bat, like it's kind of You just kind of set yourself back a little bit. And you're
1: pushing everyone else out by doing it, you know?
0: And like, I understand. I I was talking actually with my mom about this, but my mom was like, why does Notre Dame keep getting one-year rental guys? And I was like, well, we didn't have a quarterback who was really outstanding once Brian Kelly left. Brian Kelly didn't recruit at all on his way out. And then the quarterbacks that we had when we did transferred out, right? So it's like, well, we kind of needed a one-year spot guy here and there. Um, but we'll have a true freshman next year. Should be pretty good. So what I'm hoping is Riley Leonard, one year at Notre Dame, CJ yeah. Carr gets a chance to and that to learn. For and, me, that's perfect. You know,
1: that's how it should be used in the sense. Yeah. Of if you don't have a quarterback, then yeah, that's great that the portal exists because you can go get one. But if you yeah. have a quarterback, getting one and then sending the quarterback you have away is like a slight increase for less years of football, you're basically saying, like, for the rest of time, you're probably just going to use the transfer portal for quarterbacks. Why why is anyone going to commit? Like, why would a quarterback, after Malachi Nelson transferred out, why would um, someone commit there?
0: And the thing is, is USC is not a Will Howard away from a national title. They had Caleb fucking Williams. You know what I mean? Like, that's the – if you're going to say, well – Ohio state is a cam ward away from a national title, then maybe I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? But like to sit here and be like, Oh yeah, that's their bit like Notre Dame's biggest problem was not Sam Hartman. I can promise you that. Like it, it was their wide receivers and lack of explosive weapons on the outside. Like we couldn't, we couldn't put up points and get first downs when we needed to. And Ohio, like USC, their problem is on the defensive side of the ball. Like I've yeah. been trying to do what Ole Miss is doing to get every good defensive transfer that's coming out of these SEC schools.
1: Well, but, clearly, I mean, Will Howard is is not Caleb Williams; he's worse. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. Anything, that was such USC, a weird transfer.
1: Yeah. If anything, USC has just gotten worse because they lost their future quarterback and their best quarterback, and nothing has happened on the defensive side of the ball. I like. It sucks because I, in our, you know, bowl pick'em, I picked mm-hmm. USC because I was really excited to see Malachi Nelson play. Of course, now he's not going to be playing. Um, and I'm maybe actually maybe he. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I don't know who's going to play if it's not Malachi Nelson. But yeah, I, I don't know. Would love I have no to, idea to move that to Louisville. Uh, but obviously, the graphics out already. Um, it's tough. Tough. Yeah. So I mean, we'll have to see. But it, it's it's choices like that from these schools that just feel like obtuse and uh not thoughtful enough it's very present-minded and very ignorant to the big picture um so maybe we'll see a little domino effect down the road but yeah and we're probably going to see more this year that's going to maybe upset us a little bit oh
0: yeah it's just the first window we, we'll yeah we'll see uh come the spring a whole lot of other guys move um one more thing before we switch over to um college basketball uh, actually two more things um first did you see the press conference with um chip kelly him talking about yeah that was vaguely but if you guys very- yeah, if you guys have not watched that, just look up Chip Kelly press conference. You'll be able to see it. He gives a really insightful thought on the future of college football and kind of how football needs to kind of separate itself from the rest the NCAA. And like if you're gonna have these football conferences that travel over the place, fine, but like what you're doing to the softball team and basketball team stuff like that isn't really fair to them. I thought I thought it was really insightful. But yeah. Go watch that clip if you guys haven't. Um and then the second, I want to give a shout out. Uh, I watched college volleyball yesterday. I watched oh, yeah. the national championship Sorry. between yeah. Texas and Nebraska. It was Georgia to TCU. Texas obliterated Nebraska. Nebraska had a phenomenal season. I mean, just absolutely was it outstanding. Men's or women's? Women's. Women's. Yeah. Um, Texas has an outside hitter who it is Jermaine O'Neal's daughter. What she's a bad motherfucker, <laughs> like <laughs> she, well the volleyball comes off her hands at, like, I'm not kidding you, like 90 miles an hour. It's insane, it's legitimately I'm insane. Telling but... you,
1: Cody, we need to buy stock in volleyball because, like,
0: dude, it's I've, the next big thing. I've been saying, vol- women's volleyball is badass, it's badass.
1: It's, it's like if it comes up, comes up on like uh, yeah. my Instagram feed, TikTok feed, or something. I watch whatever video it is because every highlight play that is crazy is insane. It's like the ball is getting hit at a million miles per hour. People are like diving for their lives and somehow hitting it perfectly up. And then just repeat that all over and over again. Um, It's pretty simple to understand from a scoring standpoint, everyone's played beach volleyball before. Like it's a fun sport that people can get into recreationally. I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't been you know, on this upward trajectory throughout all of time. But right now you just saw like Joe Burrow created a volleyball league because he's kind of using his brain. He's being smart. Yeah, I I mean, I really think not in the near future per se, but volleyball might be like a, like ESPN Thursday at 8 PM, like a bunch of people are tuned in to watch a volleyball game. Whereas throughout my whole life, I've never really done that, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, it was so, it was yeah. an out outstanding outstanding match. Um, that being said, the vibes the vibes are high in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Their women's Uh-oh. basketball team is good. Their women's volleyball team just won a title. Teacher. I have a Texas, Texas basketball now. Texas Texas football is in a? The vibes are high in Austin. The vibes yeah, are high I, in I Austin. I'm a
1: Texas fan officially for this playoff because I. Um, I will say Texas basketball looks pretty bad. Um, yeah, they, they're yeah. somehow ranked and they should have lost to Louisville. They beat them by one on like a buzzer beater. Yeah. Um,
0: which, speaking but of make basketball, the tournament, probably. But yeah, yeah college hoops, fun. baby. College yeah, hoops. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what a slate, Cody. On this past Saturday, we had one of the best slates of the year um, as it's- far as big games
0: and between that and then having nfl games and the bowl games yeah,
1: three nfl games code. i mean i had the awesome. quad box on my tv and the quad box on my computer and a game on my phone because i needed to watch college basketball college football and nfl and literally like i was getting texts but i could i was just like frantically i think i had the volume on for all of them too yep. so i was just i i was probably close to having a seizure but it was amazing um but i will say after this saturday we're kind of in a little tiny bit of a dead zone as far as, like, the next 10 ga- days go. It's like, the weird, like, Christmas.
0: into the start of conference play before that, yeah, around the holidays. Yeah, like, we're not going to see these, yeah. like,
1: big, big games. Uh, like, Virginia-Memphis is this week. That should be a fun game. Um, but for the most part, it's not going to be electric. So we're not going to, like, do game picks, per se. And then, obviously, college football has some – lesser important bowl games still fun to watch definitely yeah. going to be watching them but right when we get to like December 29th 30th and on it's full force the bowl games are great college basketball's and in conference play it's going to be awesome yeah. but for right now it feels like a good time to sort of recap what we've seen so far especially this past weekend um as far as what we've seen so far the thing that I've noticed that's crazy to me and a bit different is the amount of teams that I've watched that I'm truly impressed with, that I, like, genuinely think could make deep runs in the tournament, mm-hmm. have lost to terrible, terrible teams. Yep. Like, Northwestern, who beat Purdue at home, the next week, they play at home against Chicago State, Chico State, who isn't even in a conference.
0: One of the lost. worst programs, like, historically in the history yeah. of the sport.
1: Yeah, like, they, they people are saying, like, the fact that their D one is a disgrace to college basketball, uh, why? Like they're not even in the conference. This doesn't make any sense. It's like the IUPUI team that had four players on their roster two years ago, yep, and had to hold open tryouts. That's Chico State, and they just beat Northwestern on the road. How is that possible? Because Northwestern is good enough to yeah. be the number one team in the country.
0: They beat Purdue.
1: <laughs> they beat like, like you can't even shit on Northwestern that much because they beat the best team, yeah, Kentucky at home. Which out of all. College basketball venues. I think there are like three or four that are clear above and beyond home court advantage. Kansas being number one. Kansas might have the best yeah Fog home is, court advantage yeah. in all of sports. I genuinely believe that. Uh, but Kentucky's right up there, and they lost at home to UNC Wilmington, who yep. might be a tournament team. I would say it's like a thirty percent chance they're a tournament team because I don't even I couldn't tell you the conference they're in. The CAA maybe with Charleston. Um, You then had St. Joe's, who went to overtime with Kentucky in Kentucky and then beat Princeton and Villanova. But then they lost to Texas A&M Commerce, who is Palm like, 340. Auburn lost to App State, which is nuts. App State might be good, but that's still a bad loss. FAU lost to Bryant at home. That's insane. Bryant's in the worst conference in college basketball, Creighton. Just like on this past Thursday, got smoked by UNLV. Yeah. Who's a five. They're four and five on the season so far. Uh, Villanova has lost to Penn and Drexel. Mississippi State lost to Southern. Yeah. It, it's just a compilation of things that have you scratching your head. Because in the past, it used to be you get one of those per non-conference. Like, I don't know if you remember that year. It was right after the Zion year, I think. And Duke was playing Stephen F. Austin.
0: Yeah. In the second game I, of the yeah.
1: season. And Stefan F. Austin had that crazy, like, layup with .1 seconds left on the fast break to win. that was the only game all season where you were like, this is a torny team that just lost to a bad team. And yeah. Stefan F. Austin was probably pretty good that year, too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's weird. I can't even explain it because you the transfer portal in college football, you could argue, you know, when like the top five-star Georgia players go to these weird teams, whatever, no one's going from Kentucky yeah. to Bryant. That's not happening. Like Bryant should not be good. Um, so that's just what I've noticed. And, and it's probably a telltale sign that the gambling on college basketball as a whole is going to be dreadful this season.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, we also have four and five Michigan State beating Baylor by like 20 yeah in um at Michigan State just that was a wild ass game Baylor got down I think it was like 24 to 6 at one point and they just never they they never had a pulse Baylor was undefeated going into that game like number six team in the country and they just got their ass beat
1: they hadn't played that you know, great of competition. They had a, a win neutral win against Auburn, but that's kind of like all they had. So people were saying like, Oh, well, this will be a good test for Baylor because, and I'm not going to lie. I had a boatload of money on uh, so, Michigan state. It felt oh, like the most, oh, the I had I had
0: a lot of money on, on, on Baylor. Baylor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, this felt so free to me because Michigan state is a good team and all five of their losses are quad one losses. Like this they have the same team besides Joey Hauser that made the three sixteen last year. Tyson Walker can take over a game. If AJ Hogarth And he took he being, took
0: the hell over that game. He
1: did because he's a god. If A. J. Hogarth isn't being an idiot, then they can be good. They have a bunch of four and five star freshmen and sophomores, like and Tom Izzo as your coach, and you're playing at home in a must win game to boost your resume because you're already a five loss team, that's free. So I wasn't yeah. surprised Uh, by Michigan State winning but I was surprised that they literally made Baylor look
0: they blew him out of the gym blew him out of the gym they made Baylor
1: look awful in every aspect like Jacoby Walter Baylor's best draft prospect his draft stock plummeted because he looked terrible Um, so yeah that was crazy we also had Indiana uh, which is that's another home court advantage place where like if you're playing assembly hall it's It's Indiana could be so bad playing the best team in college basketball, and they might be like favorite in that game. That's kind of what it was with Kansas. They were like plus four. I looked at that line. I I wanted to pick Kansas so bad, but I was like, I cannot do that Uh, because I know Indiana's not good this year. Yeah. um, But they're playing at home, and they they almost won that game. They were winning for a lot of it.
0: Yep. Yep. They squeaked out the, the win. I think it was like 74 to 70, uh, Kansas. Yeah. Did. Kansas so, did, yeah. Uh, that was a hell of a game. Um, Purdue played not a true home game, but like one of these awkward, like pseudo home games. Um, they played Arizona in Indianapolis and mm-hmm. they beat Arizona. That was an outstanding game. Uh, Purdue, I, the AP poll came out, uh, right before we started recording, Purdue is now back to the number one spot. Um, in the AP poll, which means they're probably going to lose a game that they shouldn't, uh, because that's what Purdue does when they have the number one seed. Um, but they've been, they've been so weird. Eric, I came out of that game, both of these teams could make a Final Four. Like, I have no yeah. – th- that game was outstanding to
1: the, – The height that both of those teams have over every other team is crazy. Mixed with the, like, incredible guard play. Yeah. Like, I would say that neither of those teams are really good on the wing, but, like, the yeah. guard play, like Kylan Boswell for Arizona and, um, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer for Purdue. Yep. Those guys are the difference makers because they, they have so much height that if the guards are playing well, they're going to win. And I, I will say, I, I do think that both teams struggled a little more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there were some sloppy moments here and there, Uh, but it is December basketball. And just from what we've seen so far this season, I mean, Purdue's resume is unbelievable right now.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's outstanding.
1: They, they beat Gonzaga, Tennessee and Marquette to win the Maui. And then now have an Arizona win. Um, And then I'm probably blanking, but they probably have like one or two more good wins uh, on on their resume. So, yeah, they they definitely deserve that number 1 spot in the AP poll for the time being in my opinion.
0: Yep, I agree. Um another game that was crazy. Um Purdue, oh, they have the win at Alabama or against yeah. Alabama in neutral uh, Alabama win, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was a, another great win for them. Um Clemson Memphis, that was a that was a great game. Came down to the wire. Unfortunately, your uh, your Tigers didn't pull it out two-point loss yeah
1: which is okay um i went it's on the
0: road right so like
1: it was a true road game yeah. against a memphis team that's now ranked and is very good Yep. um and it's a a two-point loss in a game that like clemson easily could have won yeah there, there was some mistakes sloppy play the the only takeaway i have is that like joe Girard, like he's just not necessarily athletic enough like we, i i don't think we have these freak athletes like a team like memphis has just like with speed and vertical ability um so that was kind of concerning like maybe if we played ah, like an fau i'm trying to think of teams that just have a bunch of athletes across the board um it was really hard for joe gerard to like create space so he didn't have a, a great game pj hall hard for him to create space uh, but i'm not worried at all like i i expected to lose going into that game i'm fine that we lost that like we weren't yeah. gonna go undefeated that's a good team it's a resume boosting loss if that if there is such a thing um
0: yeah so a good competitive game
1: um and then quick quick sidebar um western kentucky just won fuck <laughs> yeah they just won old dominion blew a 21 point fourth quarter lead
0: I saw that they were the going overtime. for fourth, going for it on fourth and six in the overtime, and then uh, Western Kentucky got the ball. So, damn it! Yep, It's brutal. that
1: is. So I'm three and five now. Um, hip hip hooray! That the good news for my bets is that in Virginia you can't bet on Virginia teams. So I don't have Old Dominion in any of my bets. Uh, I don't. I I definitely would have, but I'm I'm still very alive in a lot of those. Um, but that is disappointing. Yep. But well, the last thing I I want to talk about is just how good the Kentucky UNC game was. I
0: the like, you like college basketball is at its best when you have the best programs competing at a high level, playing high level basketball, and against the, each other. <laughs> and the stars of those like the stars of those games are showing up. Like Rob yeah. Dillingham had a phenomenal, phenomenal game for Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Like he was outstanding. Um, Armando Baycott had a great game for North Carolina like is it was, was R.J.
1: Davis yeah was, was unconscious at the end there Reed Shepard was playing great it really felt like uh, a March Madness game it felt like like an elite eight level game in December um, where both teams were like not making many mistakes not missing like open yeah. shots like if, if, if Calipari was calling up a play, it worked. And, like, you know, like, Dillian would, like, make a floater or, or like, find this wraparound pass inside to Aaron Bradshaw it would go up. I was just like, oh, my God, this is beautiful basketball. Yeah. Um, I was just overall in awe. Um, and, and that was easily the, the, my favorite moment of that Saturday slate for all of sports was watching that game.
0: Yeah, it was. It was the, in my opinion, the best game of the year so far. At least at yeah, I've watched. It. I think it so. Was, I mean, I, I
1: think, I think as far as non-conference goes, it will by the end of the year we're gonna look back and say like that was the best game of non-conference. Um, but obviously conference play is like a different beast. Yeah. You know we're it, we're gonna see a lot of really good basketball towards the end, but yep. Um, it's definitely really exciting. I mean, we're we're kind of like the RPI, the net, they're both out. Like we have our, like bracketologies are coming out weekly now. As, sooner than you realize we're, we're going to be in the thick of this college basketball yep. season, which is really, really exciting. Um, because nothing beats college basketball. So. Ab-
0: Absolutely. fucking lootly. right. Well, that being said, that's all we've got this week. Um, we'll be doing a, you know, national championship preview, um, the, the episode might come out a little later because of the holidays next week. So just a, an FYI, little programming note. Um, but that being said, we're, we are right in the middle of this thing, man. Gotta love it. So yep. um, hit that like button, subscribe, follow on all the socials, do all those things. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.